Yo, John Fitch here. John Fitch knows nothing. It's good to be with you guys on this glorious Sunday. Um, the camera, it's it does its own thing. I don't understand technology, man. Things are always changing on me. And the camera, for some reason, is really dark. It got dark. I don't know. There's a button that makes it go dark, but it's dark. And I had to turn this the light, my light, on way brighter to make sure that you could even see me because I would, like disappear like into the blackness. Back up or something? I don't know. But yeah, so now I'm wearing the uh, the shades because the light is bright. I don't like it. Um, yes, bare knuckles event was great. They they've been doing a good job. Uh, with production, uh, I think a lot of what I like about them is they haven't gone. Oh, like the fighters themselves are kind of over the top characters, you know, and they uh, they're kind of doing the pro wrestling kind of gimmicks on their own. And a lot of the a lot of the rest of the support people are just kind of just there to observe. Chris Lytle. Chris Lytle does a great job. Chris Lytle is probably one of the best guys on the mic. I never get tired of listening to that guy because he just tells it the way it is. It's he's, He sees it for how it's happening and tells you what's happening. He's not – he doesn't aggrandize it and turn everybody into the next greatest thing. He's kind of like a show me. He's a show me announcer. Show me you're good so I can talk about what you did instead of just – saying you're awesome because you're on up to fight next but um oh what's up miguel dollar cost crypto i need bitcoin to get back above thirty thousand dollars Miguel, let's make that happen <laughs> okay let's make that happen um and you can't yeah you can't guys see guys is good because it's the camera again it's dark i don't know what happened to the lens um Oh, Durden's a stupid name is like in the look. It says this is a great look. Like Manson fathered savage with dark soul. Be well. Um, see the the beard. The beard got a little trim job. Still, it's still long, but the sides, I got rid of the puffiness because it was Grizzly Adams puffy, and I, I trimmed it out. But the mustache is still. Yosemite Sam. I might, maybe I'll be Yosemite Sam for Halloween if I get that uh, mustache going. Hit the like button, indeed. So that's what that's where we're at. There wasn't much going on. There was a one FC this weekend. I did not watch um, it. They have some good fights. I just time difference, and I never know when they're on. I guess uh, I could do one of those Google Alerts thing. And get emails, but I get so many emails and crap anyways. I just I don't want to have to work that hard to know when the fight is. Um, but yeah, there was a new that's on like Prime. I don't know if it's free on Prime. Did any of you guys see that? Because that would be cool if one FC is starting to play their fights on Prime and it's it's free on Prime. I don't know if it's a it's a pay per view setup through Prime and you got to pay with it. I don't know. Um, 
but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to see if anybody watched the watch those fights. Yeah, we do. We do need to do a stream. You can jump on the stream here if you want. Um, yeah, 20,000 20, for Bitcoin right now is pretty good. As long as it stays about 20,000, I think that's a pretty damn good number for people who were smart enough to invest a while ago. But um, I think if it settles at 20, doesn't go much below that for a while. We're looking at good things next summer. I think so. Could could happen uh, faster though. Oh wow, Roxy here is saying that uh, free on Amazon Prime. So one FC is free on Amazon Prime. That is correct. I'm gonna have to. I wonder if the replays. I'll check see if the replays are free. Is it maybe I can watch fights post post fight later? Um, or yeah, I'm gonna start trying to catch them. So if they're on Prime now, I'm gonna start trying to catch them live. Might as well. Might as well start seeing what's up with with one FC fights. Um, are they still doing the uh, soccer kicks, knees and stuff to the head on the ground? I think that needs to happen. I like that. Dollar cost average is the answer, Tyler Durden. You should just be, you know, if you can put up, put aside a certain amount of money every month to not buy a little bit, you know, it's a hundred bucks a week, a hundred bucks a month, buy a little bit a month. Save yourself like, you know, three beers, three beers. I'm not going to drink three beers this week. I'll save that money and put it into Bitcoin. Then you won't get it. Then you won't get stuck with a $60,000 Bitcoin when it drops down. All right, let's get, let's get into the, uh, the bare knuckles because bare knuckles were good. I didn't watch the one FC, um, but they are on Amazon prime free allegedly right now. So that may change things in the future. There may be more viewership from me. And that, um, and then we had the, the bare knuckles, which did happen, and I watched. Uh, I did not catch the prelims, early prelims. Actually, I might have caught some of them. I just I wasn't paying full attention because I think they were free on, free on uh, YouTube. Pretty sure. And then main card, the Moreno Tomlinson fight. This fight was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, Tomlinson came on hot and heavy. First round was kind of overwhelming, Moreno, but he didn't look like he was landing many good punches. He wasn't doing much damage, it didn't seem. Uh, I watched fights with my girl, and you know she watches a lot of fights, so she can kind of see what's going on, but <clears throat> she thought Moreno was done. She thought he was on his way out just because Tomlinson was all over him. I mean, he only got two minutes. It's kind of a good strategy, but I don't think he was doing enough damage. And you could kind of see that Moreno was being defensive, like smartly defensive, like rolling and slipping stuff. So I kind of was like at the round break. I said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think this guy's, I don't think this guy's done. Let's see, wait and see what happened. Because the other guy, Tomlinson, did a lot of work. And when you're doing a lot of work and not much damage, you're going to start slowing down. And second round, sure enough, uh, Moreno. 
picked it up. Put him away. He looked good, man. It was a good, good little fight. Uh, then Dodson. Dodson, the younger Dodson, right? This, this is the younger Dodson. Fought Villar. This was a very, very quick fight. Finished him quick. Um, did not – I don't know if he got hit, man. I don't know if he got hit once. But he came across the came across the ring, threw hands, caught him, put him away. It's over with. Yes, a lot of bare knuckle chicks have neck tattoos. I think that might be a requirement. You might have to have that <laughs> to get a get a fight. <clears throat> it is an odd. Uh, an odd accumulation. There's a high percentage. There's a higher percentage of neck tattoos amongst bare knuckle fighting than um, other things. Interesting. Uh, who else do we have? Um, that was an interesting fight. The Kelly Valley Flag fight. It was kind of slow. I felt like they were trying to make each other miss a lot of punches and trying to do a lot of boxing, but they weren't, I don't know, they weren't really sitting in the pocket and landing, which I think is a big requirement, something necessary for the bare knuckles. Two-minute rounds, you can hold and hit. You got you to gotta just get in there and let shit go, man. Getting into the co-main event, the debut of the older Dodson. Um, it looked good. Again, a very, very quick fight against uh, Benoit here. And uh, it was his first fight in the cage, too, or in the, in the bare-knuckle ring, the bare knuckles. Dodson came across. Put him, put him away pretty, pretty quick, pretty early. Um, it's interesting to see guys make that crossover. It's a, uh, it's a different, it's a different type of, it's a different type of fighting, man. You can just see how people react differently when uh, they get hit. You know, there was one of those earlier fights. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, Smith Sanchez, maybe. Or I can't remember, but there was one where he, the guy got hit and he kind of circled a little bit and then he fell down. <laughs> he was like, "Oh wait a minute!" There was four knockdowns in, in one round, and that was one of them. And it is one of those like delayed things. He got hit and he was like, he moved a little bit. It was like, "Oh, never mind." Like <laughs> that, that freaking hurt. My face hurts. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a knee. Different. It's different. Allegedly, allegedly, Tyler Durden, like tattoos. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> oh, man. Um, in the main event, 
which kind of goes back to my point of how it's just different. It's just different. <laughs> you know, I think both these girls have had fights before. But this is the main event. Uh, they both fought bare knuckle before, Starling and Farah. But there was a lot of hype. There's a, a lot of shit talking and a lot of like bravado for, I, 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 I don't want to do this. I can't. She got hit and dropped and looked out to her corner and said, I can't do this. I can't. Like, this is hard. <laughs> this is hard. I didn't expect it to be this hard. And she turned around and, and kept going, but it was done already. Something happens, man. There's a switch when you get hit with the bare knuckles. There's a there's a switch when you get hit with the bare knuckles where you're just like, no, nope, I'm done. I don't want to do this. No matter how much you're psyching yourself up beforehand. But the uh, the champ reclaims her title or or keeps her title, whatever. Um but yeah, it was kind of anticlimactic. They build it all up. Uh, I hate you. I hate you. We're gonna kill each other. Ah. And then it's like, oh, I can't. I can't. Wah wah wah. Like, I don't get it, man. <laughs> I don't get it. But that was the bare knuckles. That was the bare knuckles, guys. I enjoy the bare knuckles. I hope you guys are watching the bare knuckles, but there are there's problems with the bare knuckles too. If they get big enough, they will have the same uh, issues that the UFC has. There are structural issues with the sport of MMA, the pseudo sport of MMA. And until those things are changed, um, you're going to have a production. MMA is a production, it is not a sport. Sport should be free flowing. Uh, competition between all parties involved. And that includes uh, not just the athletes, but the uh, event pro promote promoters or providers, um, the the uh, sanctioning bodies, okay? Like all of those things need to be able to equally compete against each other. And when the promoter controls exclusive contracts and it controls the title, you lose, uh, you lose that free flow of competition, All right? Um, one of the uh, fights I, I did see a little bit of this weekend. There was a cage Titans, and um, uh, Joe Giannotti is a fighter who trained at AKA a little bit. Who's in the UFC, um, had some losses, and then is, is down. Um, in the lower circuit, trying to earn his way back up. And seeing in his position, he's a double champ now. He's a double champ, 155 and 170 pound champ at uh, the Cage Titans. And he needs to move up to higher competition. He has to fight higher competition in order to ascend the ranks and in order to compete in, um, well, the UFC. But it shouldn't like he shouldn't have to like kiss ass and get into the right smaller promoter first. So that that's a new thing. So I've talked to another uh, pro fighter, younger pro fighter, up and coming guy, who's won belts in those those smaller promotions. And that's one major problem that 
these guys have now is because of the UFC monopoly, because of the fact that they possess the exclusive contracts and and the title. You know, everybody who wants to make the most money possible, everybody who wants to be respected as the highest paid, the most established, most competent fighter in the world has to fight through the UFC because of their uh, buying up all the other competition, all the contracts years ago, okay, 10, 10 plus years ago when they bought up all the competition. When they bought up all the competition, there was only one place to make that top money. You could compete, yeah, for other, other people, but they're not competing with the UFC. They're not trying to beat the UFC. They're just putting on their own shows and printing their own money. There is no competition between 1FC and, and UFC. There is no competition between Bellator and UFC. Everybody else is um, second fiddle and okay with being second fiddle to the UFC, or they're a feeder directly to the UFC. So now, because of the UFC's uh, monopoly over the title and all these top contracts, you have this mafia-type system being developed where if you want to fight at the top level against the top guys, you have to compete for promoters who are friends, friends or friendly with the UFC. You have to go through established channels now as a fighter. You can't just be good. You can't just beat the top-ranked guys. You can't be guys who are ranked higher than you and move up the rankings. Nope. You have to lily pad jump from promotion to promotion. Okay, up to the biggest promoter, which is UFC, in order to make the most amount of money to prove that you're your top dog. Right? Because because of them buying up all the other titles. Because there used to, used to be a time where there was multiple places you could go where you were considered just as good or better and it got paid as much. Uh, now you've got one option. UFC. You got to go there. So if you get with the promoter and you start doing well and you sign a contract and you're a champ at a small promoter who isn't with Fight Pass, who doesn't lead and doesn't feed in directly to the UFC, you're going to have a hard time jumping ships. You're not going to you're not going to have the opportunity even if you're better. Doesn't matter how good you are. You still won't get to jump ship and and compete for the better promoter. So that's the problem. That's the fundamental structural problem we have in MMA, that if it does not change, things are only going to get worse. There's only going to be a bigger conflict of interest. It's going to be even harder for the best guys to compete. The way sport should work, okay, this is the way things should work, is if you're an athlete, you should be able to find a way to compete against, right? You get fights with other fighters who are ranked similarly to you or better than you. If you're not on the rankings, you find somebody who's ranked 50th, right? You get you get a fight with that guy who's ranked 50th. You beat him. Now you're 50th. Now you can you can argue to fight the guy who's you know 45th. Okay, maybe you jump up. Maybe you should fight the guy who's 30th. Now you're in the top 30. Okay, and because of your ranking, your ranking alone. Regardless of what promoter you go and fight for, your ranking is what tells people your worth. Oh, this guy's 15th because he beat these guys who are ranked this. We need to get that guy who's a winner. We need to get that guy. We need to promote him. 
or you promote yourself or your promoter takes care of you and you're fighting for uh, titles and not promotional titles. So now anybody, okay, if UFC wasn't a promotion, if Zufa was a promotion and UFC was just the title, kind of like the NFL is just uh, the, um, the company that controls the, the, uh, uh, the trophy and, and picks the, 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 the seasons, you know, who plays who for the season, who gets, to, who gets to play the Super Bowl, who sets those standards and enforces them. Right, then you have anybody who earns their their ranking will get to keep climbing the ladder, getting a higher ranking until they put themselves into a place where now they they get mandatory title challenges. They they didn't need to kiss ass to a shitty promoter. Promoter can't just say no. You know we don't like you. Usk, that's what Usk was able to do. He was able to beat the right guys and put himself in a position to get a mandatory title shot. That's how support that's how sports are supposed to work. Like you're supposed to be able to climb that rankings, climb that ladder through winning. But it's just production. It's just a show. Like none of those things matter. And it's really I think it's really insulting to the the athletes. It's it's an insult. They're saying like we don't care about your hard work, we don't care about your dedication. We don't care what you've done to be the best fighter possible. We only care about popularity. We only care <clears throat> about the clown show. Lee the Flea, what's up, man? Says, hey, John, do you think Nate has any shot versus Shemev? I, I don't really think Nate has much chance. I don't think he looked good in his last fight. He hasn't fought very good. I don't think Nate. Or uh, Nick looked that great in his last fight. Father time, man. Father time kicks everybody's ass. They look a little bit old and slow and weathered. I don't, I don't think it's going to go well for him. So he's got a puncher's chance, I guess. But Tyler Durden's stupid name is saying, is that also the management? Yes, the management then also falls into line with what's going on because – now you've got to get with a manager who's not necessarily looking after your uh, best interest. He doesn't. He's not really serving his fiduciary responsibility to you. That manager now really just is a broker for for the UFC or the bigger shows that get you into the UFC. So now you have to go to one of their managers. You have to want to go to one of their brokers. If you don't get with the guy who's already got people in the UFC, like you're not going to get in. They're not going to take some new guy. And if they do, they're yeah, they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna roll them. Lee the flea wants to believe. He wants to believe he's gonna pull it off. I don't know. I do not know. Tyler Durden saying, I'm betting a hundred on Nate. If he wins, I'm going to give Fitch half. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> is it five rounds? Last I checked, only Nate only fights five. Shemayev has suspect gas tank. Nate cuts easy. Let's go. Um, man, not bad uh, reasoning. Longer route, longer fight probably does 
go in uh, Nate's favor. Um, I'm assuming it's a five-round fight because Chimev did – he fought – his last big fight was a five-round fight. And uh, wasn't it? Wasn't it five rounds when he fought? What's his name? Am I wrong with that one? I thought I thought I thought that was five because it was the main event, or was it not? Maybe I'm tripping. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. That'd be a good test for Chimiev. Uh, I mean, James he says, once you started fighting outside the UFC, you brought a lot of legitimacy to other promotions, especially when the other UFC fighter followed suit. Like, not, I don't, not really. I'm sorry, but no. There was plenty of legitimate organizations before. King of the Cage, WEC, um, Pride. There's plenty of, there's plenty of shows. Was a cage raise over, over over in England. There's a there's plenty of shows where you could go and you could make pretty good money. You know, um, they weren't the million dollar pay per views or anything like that. But with as often as you could fight on other other places, with the money that you could make, the sponsors' money you could make, you could make comparable money to any of those other places. So like the UFC title wasn't number one. It wasn't until UFC started buying up Strikeforce, you uh, WEC. Uh, in those other companies that they monopolized and accumulated all the top uh, belts and the top contracts. Okay. When, you know, when they had already acquired those, those belts and those things, the other promotions that popped up, uh, they popped up because MMA is cheap. MMA is a cheap product to put on. It's a cheap production. It's a cheap production. And one of the reasons why it's such a cheap production is because how much money is stolen from the fighters. Okay. It's it's really easy to put on shows. It doesn't cost a lot of money to put on shows. And it gets people to sit through commercials. So it's an advertising uh, hub. for That's why it got popular. That's why I started pushing it on a lot of these other networks and companies. Because people, people aren't going to watch commercials. Right. They have to be watching a live event in order to um, digest and consume the the propaganda and the commercials being tossed at them. So that's one of the reasons why you know pro fighting and MMA, I mean MMA fighting is so popular because they're able to make a lot more money off the top with that than any other uh, live event. Okay, so that's why one of the reasons why more of these um, promotions were able to pop up, but they're not they're not competing with the UFC. They're just plugged into a market to, to peel off a little bit of money. A lot of them, I don't know. I think they get a lot of their money from raising, raising new investors. Yeah. Uh, Aces Wild says, UFC killed competition. They bought them up. It did. Bellator and PFL feel like tax write-offs. It, it's, it's, it's almost like they're working together, like behind the scenes. Quite honestly, it feels like there's work that everybody's just like kind of help each other in that industry on the promoter side. 
Yep, all pro saying, you're right, live sports is the only thing that people will sit through commercials. And you can put the you can put the commercials and stuff right on the on the on the mats, you know. They show a one one minute commercial in between the scenes. They have the headers and all the other little stuff. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, that's the fight stuff. Uh, I don't even know what's coming up, but. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna put. Uh, I'm gonna put the link in the chat. And if anybody wants to come on for a consult, hopefully you have a good connection. If you just want audio, that's fine. Try to have a picture. I'm gonna put this up in the uh, rock pen also. Anybody there? Chat, call in. Please call in. Ask questions. Fitness related. I can help you get the girls. Okay. MMA related. It's fine too. Yeah, and that's. He says, "Wow, it's saying all the talent now, all the talent is now coming from the contender series." Yeah, so now you've got guys who. I mean, I, I wonder. These guys are probably all. I, I don't know if any guys are nerds and want to look at numbers. Look at see how many guys who are on the contender series stuff, the Dana White contender series stuff, are from the promotions who are plugged into uh, the fight pass stuff. You know, is it is it a you know direct direct line from LFA and Combates and whatever right into the UFC? Is that the majority of those guys? So then you have all this pressure for the fighters to want to go to those other promotions instead of the local guys. So like people being like, "Oh, you don't like what they're doing? Just start your own promotion." What fighters are you gonna get? You can't get any fighters because they all know UFC is the top belt. You can't just like start a company and be like, my belt's the best. Everybody should want to fight for it. You, you can't. It's not how it works. <laughs> okay. Even even if I put a bunch of money on it, it, it still needs the uh, allure of like the glory of the top belt. That makes sense, you know? Like, like the PFL. When guys win the PFL, it's exciting that they're they won a million dollars. That's really exciting. People talk about that. They don't really care about it, being a champ, PFL champ. Right? Yeah, you got a million bucks. It's awesome. But you know, the second you win the belt, you lose it <laughs> because the next season starts. All right. We got a call. First call of the night, guys. Let's uh, welcome Vanguard. Hello. Oh, can we hear you? Yeah, I can hear you. What's going on?
Sorry, you're breaking up. Hi, Vanguard. You are not coming through. All right. He had a bad connection. Hopefully you guys have a little bit better connection. Try calling it again if you can find a better, uh, find more bars somewhere. Find more bars. Yeah, Canelo Bivol too. I don't know, man. Canelo needs to eat meat again. I think he needs to eat some meat. If he's going to fight this big dude, he needs more, more meat. Oh, is he? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if Canelo's fighting Triple G. I heard that too. I heard they were talking about another Triple G fight. You never know. Oh, you got all these top. We got all these top boxers and fighters fighting each other. All these top boxers, cross promotional fights, fighting for belts of different, <laughs> different sanctioning bodies. Oh man! Oh, but we never get to see the fights. We want to see bullshit. It's retarded, man. People just talking about talking points they heard a promoter say instead of actual numbers. How many? How many people have actually looked up? Who who who's got more viewership, MMA or boxing? Talk to an MMA fan, they'll give you the wrong answer. It's not MMA. It does not. It does not have the most views. It's not the biggest viewership. Uh oh, I heard a thing, but it didn't come through. Here we go again. Let's see. Vanguard. Are you here? Hey, I'm here. I think my connection's better. Can you hear me good? Yeah, you're coming through much better right now. Cool, cool. Okay, so yeah, quick question. I was wondering, how would you go about like branding, say, fitness or like MMA apparel? So if I wanted to make some t-shirts and some gear like that, what would be a good strategy in your opinion for like uh, branding and marketing? Oh, man. That's uh, <laughs> That might be out of my wheelhouse for, you know, promoting a brand as far as clothing because i know from back in the day man everybody everybody had the idea of making a t-shirt company you know back when fighting first started and hardly anybody was able to make money out of it so i wasn't i wasn't able to see very many people successfully turn their t-shirt business into um a business i know mike swick did and he ended up, I think, I don't know if he sold his Spartan printing or if he, if he kept, kept that, a piece of that. And then um, Nick, the guys from uh, uh, Dethrone, I know they're still making shirts. But, um, man, <clears throat> so everything's social media now. So creating a brand and uh, using social media to promote it, using influencers, that seems like the way that everybody's doing stuff. There's a guy, uh, Colty Bra. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he has the company, I think, Kill Crew. And he's somebody you should look into about what he did to be able to make a successful brand. Because I've, I've, I've encountered people that I know wearing his stuff. I followed him on, uh, following him on Twitter. So you might be able to find him, Colty, Colty Bra, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Thanks, man. Yeah. And it's also it's like because uh, Tap Out, which was like one of the largest companies, yeah. I don't really see any, I don't see any of their gear anywhere anymore. And then also like the Warrior brand. But yeah, the well, things change. Go ahead. Tap Out, they split up. They sold out, though. The one guy mask died and then Tap Out got sold to some other company. And they do. I, I, it's more of like a pro wrestling thing now. You know, Um but yeah, they kind of they kind of went defunct, and a lot of them, you know, the guys if they make their money, that's all they want to do, and then they get out. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. I was just curious. Uh, just one last question before I bounce. Um, mm-hmm. so if you were off the fight, I don't know, just say MMA or grappling or even bare knuckled, because you kind of hinted towards that. So, what kind of number are you looking at to kind of you know take the gloves off and do bare knuckle? Just curious. If if I got offered two hundred thousand dollars to fight somebody flat, I would do it. It would be it would be worth the money and the time. For sure. You so you're saying like bare knuckle, right? Because I think Chad Mendez he said he got a number around that somewhere pretty high. Yeah. So that I mean, it's a, it's a it it'd be an experience. But yeah, if I'm if I'm gonna go through a training camp, if I'm gonna do the work, my, like I don't, I don't want to do. My contract right now, still with uh, Bellator, is sixty. I think sixty four and sixty four, sixty three and sixty three, and I just like the amount of work that I have to put into it to to win that. If I was even if it was one hundred twenty thousand, maybe I would have fought again. But I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to work that hard for sixty thousand. Because <laughs> things bad things happen. You get hurt. You trip. You fall. Um, you get hurt or injured or sick. In training camp, uh, you could get uh, crappy judges like when I fought Rory McDonald, and you did everything right, and you still end up not getting your full amount of money. So, like, I just at a certain point, I was like, mm, I just I don't want to do this. I'd rather teach. I don't, I don't need to get hit in the face and have stuff broken for maybes. <laughs> Yeah, for sure, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. All righty. There you go, guys. See, it's easy. It's harmless. Call in. Ask a question. Uh, but, yeah, the um, the clothing question. I mean, branding anything is not is not easy, but it's going to take time and it's going to take repetition it's going to take consistency it's kind of like lifting i think if you really want to do something like that printing shirts and stuff you start small and get the process and the systems down first you know have a good quality product have enough money print 20 shirts go sell 20 shirts (laughs) take the money from those 20 shirts and then print 30 shirts next time. Um, wash, rinse, repeat. If it takes you five years to to get out of your garage printing the stuff, then that's it's kind of what has to happen, you know. And uh, most people quit early, you know. Most people quit early with anything. You know, just keep going. Just keep going. If t-shirts and 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 uh, printing that stuff is is what's gonna 
you know, make your life, make your career. If that's how you're going to be able to live the way you want to go for it. If you're trying to get into, if you're just trying to do the party thing, this is a lot of, a lot of t-shirt companies and people did too back in the day was they just wanted to party, right? They, they created the side hustle business. They printed t-shirts out and they sponsored a couple guys and they just, they didn't make any money off of it. They blew money and they just wanted to go and hang out at the after parties and do all the cool fight stuff. You know, it's fun stuff. We got here. T-shirts and balls. Is that the name? T-shirts and balls. It's the name of the company. I think that'll be work. It'll work. It'll, it'll do it. It's a good question here. Silanu um, says, do you think John Jones might adjust his fighting style at heavyweight? I think he's going to have to a little bit, you know. Uh, but it depends. I don't know, man. I don't know because he's bigger. So if he's 240, he's walking around 240, 245, then um, he may be able to hold the center well. You know, but I, I, if he's undersized, he might get he might get bullied a little bit. He might get backed up a little bit more. I feel like John Jones at two hundred five stalked a lot more guys. He was able to stand in the middle and hold his ground pretty well. Uh, where at heavyweight, he might have to backpedal a little bit. He might have to move backwards. We might we might see him with some more defensive fighting style, but he may be forced to get into clinch. Because I think even John Jones giving up 20 to 40 pounds probably dominates a lot of heavyweights in the clinch. I think uh, long, gangly arms, fights good hand position, like could could – could be uh, trouble for some people. It could be wrong, though. You know, Stipe could crush him in the clinch, throw him around a little bit. He might not be used to guys that big grabbing him by the neck. Uh, but we'll see, man. Only one way to find out, to watch it. Yes, I remember this. Jesus didn't tap. Nope. <laughs> I remember those guys. Yeah, Brandon, let's say good luck. Brandon Hunter says, good luck to the caller with the business. I mean, let's do something. <laughs> it's always better to be self-employed. It really is, man. It's only going to get better to be self-employed. See, anybody else? Anybody else want to call on? Somebody else call on. Let's do it. Come on. Be a man. Be a man. I put the link in the chat again, guys. Vanguard saying, yeah, the videos I've seen of John Jones, he does look pretty slow. I mean, that's the thing, though, is slow for John Jones at 205 is still be fast as hell. 
one of the reasons that, uh, Cormier, Daniel Cormier, was so good at heavyweight is because he was he was really fast and explosive, and a lot of those big guys could not keep up with his speed. You know, he would put himself in good positions, hip domination, and just have at it, throw the guy around. I think he was, you know. He's an extremely dominant heavyweight. If he would have fought his whole career at heavyweight, I think he would have, you know, been a serious problem for a lot of people for a long time. Um, it's rare to have a big, strong heavyweight that can move well. If you got a, if you got a guy that's a pretty big, pretty big heavyweight and can move, good hips. DC is like a little ball, man. Can't pass a ball's guard. Yeah, Stipe is the test, do you think? Plus, Dana hates Stipe. Yep, anybody who Dana doesn't like probably doesn't like being robbed and told, <laughs> told him you should be thanking me for robbing you. If it wasn't for me, you'd have no money for me to rob. That's, that's the psychology. That's the psychology of the UFC suits. It's Dana White's mentality. If it wasn't for us, you'd have no money to rob. So shut up. <laughs> oh, this is good. This is good for next week. Roxy Depew said uh, Gagne and Tuvisa Whitaker versus Vittori next weekend. Those are some fights I'll be. Um, Interested in watching. I like those. Vittori and uh, Bobby Knuckles, right? Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Who's got the question? Hmm. I don't know what's going on. Uh, oh, my... My link is too long for my, uh, maybe you can go to the, um, go to the YouTube there, Sean, see if you can hit that link. So I don't know how to make the thing shorter over here. Saying it's too long. I don't know. It should be good. Pretty sure that's the whole link. Yep, I'm not sure what's going on, man. Yeah, it should be it. That should be the whole thing. So I don't know what happened. Why you couldn't call on earlier. Maybe try it again. Ah, UFC recap. You can go to UFC.com. Not UFC.com. <laughs> UFCclassaction.com, I believe, actually is the thing. Uh, 
I get this guys for you here. This should be it. Yes, yes, yes. I will share this up with you guys. And I have a little bit of something else to talk about that. Actually, a little update. So here is the uh, fighter class action lawsuit. You can go to this ufcclassaction.com. Got all of us fighters up on uh, there who are involved. You can see the overview of the case. Um, FAQs, key developments. The timeline here can show you all of the action that has taken us all the way through uh, the point where we're at now. Um, June 2021. Yep. Things have been stuck at uh, when was it December? December twenty twenty, I believe. The court announced that it will be certifying a class of all persons who competed in one or more live professional UFC promoted MMA bouts taking place on broadcast in the United States from December 16th, 2010 to June 30th, 2017. That is really the last real anything that's that's happened. And the reason why that is the case is because they're waiting on um, a different, it was a different, uh, a different case had to be announced first. It was like a tuna, a tuna company. Some tuna companies were, were rigging the prices and um, they're waiting on that. And this is an article from the 28th, from today. So this is a good, uh, it's a good question. Okay. You can see here they have a All right, yep. Whatever happened to the UFC antitrust lawsuit? So there was uh, an antitrust case in the Ninth Circuit uh, caught the attention of the court and would likely have an impact on the opinion of Judge Bulwar. This despite the opinion has yet to be issued in written form. So they were waiting for this, this court case. Um, the case involved price fixing by tuna companies. Uh, one of the tuna companies, Chicken of the Sea International, has settled acquaintance, but other companies remain, including Starkiss, which has fled, filed a writ of uh, citatory, essentially an appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. So they're waiting on that, and that that um, court case was going to determine whether uh, judges could lump a group of people together that were damaged in the same way, uh, whether you know, unless they were explicitly damaged, obviously in the same way, or 
in a roundabout way the same way. It's kind of what they're waiting for. So uh, when this is written, when this is all done, we'll get an announcement from, from the judge. Uh, it says, where does the UFC case right now? After the Ninth Circuit ruled on the Tuna case, plaintiffs requested that the court take into consideration the ruling. In a separate filing, it has requested a hearing to essentially ask on a status of the matter. The court has yet to respond via filing the issue to issue a date of hearing. It is clear that the ruling on the UFC antitrust case should come to some sort of decision. Judge Burwell does not have to await the decision in the Tuna case, nor does it really have to wait on the writ by Starkis. But all participants in the case must wait on the court to come to some sort of decision on how to proceed, if at all. So that's where we're at with the court case. All of the uh, other trials, all the other stuff is settled. And we're waiting on the guy to write a decision. That's it. We should have something. We should have something this year. But there's only one way, guys. There's only two things that can happen that can change the way MMA is done. Until those two things are done, nothing changes. Nothing's made better. You can't have um, collective bargaining. You can't have health care. You can't have pensions. You can't have nothing unless you do this one thing, and that is remove the title from the promoter. You cannot have a promotional title. I mean, if you have promotional titles, fine, but then those guys have to be able to fight for uh, um, – Independent titles. You have to have independent titles. You have to have independent titles. It's the only way to keep it a level playing field for everybody, for other promoters getting involved, for fighters getting involved. Fighters need to be able to own their rank. You have to. You have to have it. Lee the Flea with the question saying, would Dana leaving changed things, or is it deeper than him, though? No, it's a structural problem. It is a structural problem that is wrong. If Dana White goes away, if the UFC makes a mistake and gets extended on their loans or whatever and goes bankrupt, the problem doesn't change. The problem doesn't go away. What you'll see is, just like with a mob boss, when a mob boss dies, everybody will start infighting to try to become the top, and then one will come to the top, and because – of the structure of the sport, you will get another monopoly. It will not, it will never stop. It will always keep happening because that's the root cause of all the problems in MMA. Promoters controlling the title. You you need independent titles. It has to be an independent title if you're going to have these guys contracted, if you're going to have things done this way. That's the biggest number one thing that you could change. Remove the titles, make the titles independent or at least provide an independent title, an independent title that everybody gets to fight for from every promotion. That's the only way to make it an actual sport. Otherwise, it's just a production. They're just TV shows and they're casting roles. It's pro wrestling. It's pro wrestling with exhibition fights. I think that's kind of, I think it's kind of insulting. <laughs> it's really insulting as an athlete. And this is something I think UFC being publicly traded, 
that's that's them uh whatever dispersing the hit like they're passing the cost of the lawsuit off on people because everybody's going to be like oh this thing's great this is amazing and they're going to buy into the uh into the into the um stocks and then they're going to get wrecked in the lawsuit <laughs> it's all scam it's all scam Yep, let's check that out. Hayes family is saying, if anybody hasn't heard Chris Lytle's interview of John on his Lights Out podcast, check it out. It was a fun, it was really cool talking to Chris. Guys, do definitely check that out. Check his uh, podcast out. All right, guys. That is the show. Thanks for calling in, bro, uh, Mr. Vanguard. Thank you for having the guts to call in. Sorry, I couldn't be more helpful with the T-shirt thing other than keep it simple and develop a system. Okay, develop a system. Develop a system of production, something that's repeatable, something that you can keep doing, something that you can gradually grow. All right, don't try to get it all done in one, one day, one night. All right, guys. Tyler Dern is still asking for the ukulele. I like. I got to get more practice, man. I got to get better at it. I need to. I need to practice. I felt like I was doing y'all damage by not playing better. Um, oh, I think I got one more call. Let's take another call before we cut out. Bill, how's it going? John Fitch, what's good? What's going on, Bill? You having a good Sunday night? Having a good Sunday night. Had a bad uh, Saturday night, though. That happens. Had a bad Saturday night. Want to know why? Why is that? My queens got cracked by Ace Queen. I had pocket queens. I raised big. He goes all in with Ace Queen. He hits an ace on the flop. Bust my queens. Thousand dollar pot. Other than that, can't complain. I uh, I don't have the patience for cards. I, I want to play every hand, and uh, I lose quickly. Yeah, that's the problem. That's, that's why I play cash games. Cash games is, um eases yeah. that. You don't got to sit through like a six hour tournament and play some cash games. Hmm. Uh. But what's good with you, John Fitch, man, you're like one of the original OG Midwest wrestlers, grinders. And I always look up to people like that because I'm cut from the same cloth. I'm wrestlers from the Midwest. Yep. Got nothing else to do but eat corn and wrestle. Well, <laughs> I'm from Chicago, so I'm not – in the sticks out from Indiana, where are you from? <laughs> but so, All right, man. so what's going on in Chicago? What's going on in Chicago? Um, nothing. Jack shit. Jack uh, shit. Same old. Same old. Same old. At least guys, restrictions uh, aren't. You guys' mayor is Beetlejuice. Oh, Beetlejuice! You want to go there? 
<laughs> we can talk about Beatles. <laughs> I can't believe she's still in office, but yeah, as far as Chicago politics, it don't get any worse. It don't get any worse. Hmm. It's bad. It's all. It's bad everywhere. Who's the DA? Fox in charge of the um. Jesse Smollett, she's still in office. That just tells you how bad things are. Yeah. She's still well, they got office. they uh, out in San Francisco here. It's like forty-five minutes north of me. Um, they got they just got rid of their their uh, DA. They, they they got enough of her. Cool. Didn't DeSantis do something? He like fired some some big shot. There's some bad there's some bad DAs out there who just letting everybody go. Commit a crime, you're back on the street fast. I think it's because they're kind-hearted, good people, and they want just want to see the best when people give them another second chance. Or you think some shady shit going on? Uh, I, I, I think there's always people trying to take advantage of situations. That's for definite sure. And some people may actually believe that they're doing good. Um, some people have a God complex and they think that they know better than everybody else. And then you have, you have really, uh, scandalous people who I think pull strings to like, you let a whole bunch of homeless people in, you, you increase crime, you, you get people to, to move away, you drive down property values on, on businesses. Then you can come and scoop everything up cheap. And then they then they gentrify it all and they build it up and make it nice again. And they bring back the people with the money. I don't I don't think a lot of this shit that happens is an accident. Exactly. No way. It's just like with the Cain Velasquez situation. How do you let pedophiles out? Child predators. He not he was released to go back to his mother's house where she ran a daycare out of. It makes absolutely no sense. Zero sense. To me, there's like it's like some divide and conquer. Like they would like to see the world burn while they clean up, while they yeah. sit at the top and watch everyone else fight amongst themselves. I definitely think some of that's going on. Yep. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do, John? Can't do shit. But I'm gonna keep speaking up. Try to, try, to, try to get on the sticks. Try to have some fresh water. <laughs> have some chickens. Like I would, if I didn't have to, you know, stay where I'm at for my kids. Like I'd like to. I'd go out some, maybe back to Indiana or somewhere a little more south, so it's not snowy. But I try to get some land. I try to go somewhere where I can just unplug. It's definitely. I think things could get a lot worse coming up. And if I can, fun, they always make fun of those preppers and oh, those crazy preppers. But watch, just watch. They'll have their shit. I mean, in order well, I mean, anybody who is self-sustainable, anybody who's self-reliant and can, you know, feed themselves and and not have to go into work and can teach their kids and can do all that stuff on their own. Like, what do you need government for? What do you need taxes for? What do you need any of this crap for? Like, what is the government? The land. You know, if you can, if you can do that, like, why wouldn't that be more, it'd be more, it's more sustainable, right? 
for the populace. It's it's cleaner for the environment. Like, why wouldn't that be more uh, pushed? Why wouldn't that be more celebrated? Moving into the woods and like living off the land, like why that? It seems like that would be the number one thing that all the global warming people would be talking about. But they're not. They just want to scrap all the. They want everybody to live in big cities with no electricity or like with with solar power electricity and electric cars. It's all magic. They just want to wave a wand and. They want us reliant on them. They want us to be reliant on them. Because then we got they got us under their thumbs. That's what it is. They want us completely reliant on them. And that way we got no self-autonomy and no dignity. Miserable, reliant on someone else. That's recipe for disaster. That's what the communists did in Russia. They give us everything and We'll take care of you, and you rely on us, and we'll look up your best. It's all, it's all ortho- authoritarianism. It's all authoritarianism. Like somebody at the top, it's a monopoly. We talk about how shitty the monopolistic structure is in MMA. I talk about it all the time here and why it screws people over. It's no different for politics, okay? You know, a monopoly, that's you got like a king or a queen or a small group of people who get to make all the rules. Like, it's not good. It was supposed to be what the Constitution was for, is to keep everybody separate but equal powers in a republic. But now we just have one overpowering federal government that's just up our ass all the time. They didn't plan for the um, Federal Reserve to control the currency, which in return controlled the politicians with money just- yeah, it's not a federal company. It's not a federal building, and they don't—they have no reserves. Yeah, they—they they messed that one. Who did it? Is that Wilson? Woodrow Wilson. I'm pretty sure he signed that in, and that was downfall. That was it. That was the downfall right there. Uh, yeah, c- central banks have yeah done some major bad, major bad throughout the world. I mean, that's why we have Bitcoin. Like, so we have Bitcoin now. Hopefully, we can get enough people to uh, to buy in to uh, to keep ourselves safe from too much. Because, like, how can we how can we keep printing money? Like, there's got to be an end at some point in time. We run out of being able to print money. What happens then? Is that ten years, twenty years, next year? I mean, they'll just keep printing it until it costs like two hundred dollars for a loaf of bread. You know what I mean? That's that's pretty much what it comes down to. It's, yeah. You got to bring a wheelbarrow to buy a piece of candy, with all the paper that's worthless. And it's crazy, man. That was the problem over in Germany. Stuff. The, the value of the currency just crashed and was, wasn't worth shit. And what happened after that? A madman took place and caused yeah. hell. Yep, everybody had to blame John somebody. knows your shit. John, you know your shit. You're always on top of things. Always preaching the message. You were in the um you're calling out the monopoly shit way before it was cool. Way back. Um, I've been I've been fighting with UFC and this bullshit for a decade, more than a decade. And it's irritating to me for, for some of the guys to start to be retiring now and start speaking up. I was like 
Jesus. Like, where were you like 10 years ago? Where were you when we're talking about this shit and bringing this shit up? You know, like we were flying to freaking DC to, to, um, talk to Congress people, get them to sign our bill. Like these guys weren't showing up to that. You think it's, it's probably going to get even worse under the new owners too. That, um, um, I mean, who knows? I can, my whole thing, I called this a long time ago. <laughs> my whole thing was like, because I noticed a pattern in some of the Fertitta's business dealings, but I feel like they, they, they knew the, the fight game. They knew the boxing game. So they knew how to cheat the system to build the monopoly that they did with UFC. And then they knew as soon as they saw trouble, they started planning a sell. Like the second they, they saw a possible lawsuit could be coming, like they saw all that stuff coming. So they, they got ahead of the curve. They made the company look amazing <coughs> on paper, sold it off, and then, you know, filed the, the lawsuit hits and all those other problems start. And they started seeing the real problems they're going to have. <coughs> so then the new guys, they go public to try to, to spread some of that money out on investors. And when uh, if they don't make it, if they fail, watch watch Fertitas come back to save the day and buy <laughs> by the crashing falling uh, UFC, and then be back in charge. <laughs> watch uh, it play out. From what I hear, they're <laughs> kicking ass. It sounds like they're kicking ass. Like, with their yeah. monopolistic power, it sounds like. And they're, and they're raising prices and they're raising prices on the fans. Like the fighters don't get a bigger percentage of the take, but they're charging you more. They're going to charge you more to watch. The fighters don't get a higher percentage. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, wild. Just it's wild to see them kind of, it's hard. It's wild to watch them argue. Like, cause everybody knows everybody sees their numbers. Like for them to argue that it's okay to them to pay 20 percent or less of the revenue to the fighters like people people see that that's that's jacked it's a it's the time yeah. is ticking time is ticking they can't keep this up it is jack but you look on the other side from, from like a fan's point of view you look at boxing and, and they get paid these like outrageous million dollar prizes all the boxers they turn into divas they don't want to fight uh, that's i mean that's not fight. really true though uh, because these boxers do fight and they fight each other. They fight cross promotionally. You see more of fights not happening that should fight or, or, or the fights you want to see in, in MMA, in my opinion, in the last 10, 15 years, there have been way more MMA fights that I wanted to see that never happened because they don't cross promote as opposed to boxing. I think a lot of people just say and regurgitate the same talking points that the, that the, promoters the fight promoters say but like a lot of it's not true like if you look at actual numbers for viewership like boxing gets more viewership than mma boxing is is the i saw that stat somewhere boxing was the greatest growing sport in the last 20 years through viewership and then these guys are making crazy money at the top end uh, john nash has done a number of articles showing that boxers on average make as much or more than MMA fighters throughout their careers, whether they're O and O and having their first fight or their seasoned veteran. It's not until there's discrepancies when the UFC starts paying their 
their first time fighters in their their organization ten thousand, but that's not that's not promotion. It's not a industry wide. That's just their promotion. But then the amount of money they they steal off the top from the uh, the top producers that's crazy. Absolutely crazy. I mean, I'm thinking of like Spence Crawford, like fights like that. Uh, we're supposed to get Wilder versus Joshua, and that should have been made. You get the Pacquiao versus Floyd, but that's like ten years too late. Yeah, I mean, easy. that's like one example. Pacquiao versus Floyd. That's one. There, there is. Um, uh, 10 fights from around that same time period that were MMA fights that you didn't get to see. You know, Randy Randy and uh, Fedor was a big one. There was plenty of other, other fights, Pride versus UFC fights that never happened at those times too. And I, feel, I believe there was more of those than there were boxing events where you didn't get to see the guys fight. And then you've got to take the fighter's perspective. The fighter's a business. Why should a business be forced to do business it doesn't want to for money it doesn't like? You know oh, that's saying? true. Like, why, why, who, who are we to be like, you two have to fight for this much money? And they're like, no, that's not enough money for me to want to do that. Like, shouldn't they be allowed to ask what they want to do the job? Well, it depends when it comes to like sports architect. Like, remember when contender fight, you got the belt and you're trying to hold it up because you don't want to fight the number one contender. Like, mm -hmm. That's well, it, so like in boxing, though, there's mandatory, there's mandatories. So if you are the number one contender, it's a mandatory that you get to fight the, the title holder within 12 months or the title holder gets stripped. So there are holdups, but there are also laws and rules in place that they have to follow by. Yeah, but that's, that's real shady and corrupt, those boxing promoters. Shady and corrupt isn't like... The whole MMA structure is shady and corrupt. Every single thing that happens because the promoter owns the title. They control the title. They control ascension to the title and exclusive contracts. That, that whole system is corrupt. Everything else that happens after that is corrupt. The managers, the interactions between coaches, like everything stems from that. It's rotten soil and everything that grows out of it is rotten. In boxing... They have a legal framework from not just the Muhammad Ali Act, but from other lawsuits that have taken place. There are lawsuits that guaranteed that a fighter owns his rank, regardless of what promoter he goes to. Like your world rank is your world rank. Like you earned it. Just like a title. If you're number 15th in the world and you earn that number 15th in the world title, they can't take it from you just because you got booted from a promotion. So there, there's legal... Uh, precautions, there's legal things that boxers can take to protect themselves. There's still lots of corruption, yes, but anytime you have big money events going on, there's there's going to be corruption. I'm willing to bet there's some levels of corruption in the NFL and NBA too that we don't really know about. Definitely. What's your thoughts on the um, like these competitors like 1FC PFL. They're not. They're not competitors. They're not competitors. They all recognize the UFC as the top dog, and they're not trying to dethrone the UFC. No, but I was surprised at the, some of the persons. Like they're giving away million dollar prizes for the PFL, and I'm just thinking, like, who's watching this, and how are they getting this money? Um, PFL gets a lot of the money through um, 
sponsors but investors so they have they're able to find people who want to put money and like dude there's these things called the moody's reports and they're like information about businesses and where to put your money and all that types of stuff and they talk about how mma is a great investment for people because the overhead is low you don't have to spend a lot to put on the shows and you don't have to pay the talent very much so you get to keep most of the profits so there's a lot of people who are excited about putting their money into MMA and investing in MMA promotion because they get a big return off of it. And a lot of these fights, it's the, it's the advertising where they make the money because live events are where people will sit and watch the commercials. Live events are where they'll sit and they won't sit and watch commercials. Well, the live events, yeah, because you're watching a fight and they put the little box of the whatever thing they're advertising during the fight. Like you watch it, it's there, it's during the fight. You look at the, oh, right, right. On the canvas in between the in between the round breaks, they show a commercial for whatever movie's going on while you listen to the guys talk in the corner. You know, like they're able to run ads over the live events because they have your attention. Like a lot of uh, pre-taped programming, stuff on Netflix and, and Amazon Prime, people don't watch commercials. They, they skip over them. Oh, I gotcha. Like you're forced to sit down. Yep. Yeah, okay. And like every other live event is like music. Well, musicians, they have, <laughs> they have SAG and after whatever. They have protection. They have a union. They make the majority of the money when they perform live. You have other athletes, all the other athletes, professional athletes are making at least 50% of their gross revenues. So are you going to, you going to try to start a basketball league or put on basketball games or you, where you have to pay out 50% of the, of the profits to the athletes? Are you going to do the, the thing that gets almost as many eyeballs, but you only have to pay out 20%. Does that make sense? Yeah, makes sense. I mean, the yeah. the pay is just ridiculous. What is it, like 18% goes to the fighters or something? And they're, they're talking about, like, event stuff, too. Like, that's not even the full full take because they're making so much money through merchandising nowadays. It's crazy. It is. It's nuts, but keeps yeah. the only fix is to remove the title. You got to remove the title. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you move to a uh, – like a 18 month, right? If you if you say you retired in 18 months, your contract is null and void. If you had that type of uh, grandfather clause or whatever timeout clause, like they do, UFC has a five year one now. But if you it was 18 months, that that could change things up too, because then guys could take a, a year and a half off and then go to another promoter who's offering more money, even if the the belt's not is recognized, and that would change the value of the belts up, but without legal precedent, like there's no way promoters will just be like, Oh yeah, sure. We're going to, we're going to stop doing, you know, the five or never ending contracts and replace them with two year or 18 month contracts. Yeah. You know, you're, you're talking about, I think you're talking about Luke Rockhold, but he was kind of, Threw a big fit. Like he, he was making a big scene. He recently threw a big fit, but like all the problems he's complaining about have been there since you know 2014, 
Is that who you were talking about earlier? I'm just saying, no. There's a bunch of guys, but yeah, Luke. Luke's one of the guys. Like, yeah, man, he he was a champ. He was at the top. There was a time when he probably could have put his foot down a little bit better. And you know, if if fighters would have supported the lawsuit and um, the Fighters Association and 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 lobbying to Congress, a lot of a lot of things would have changed a lot faster. Because. The whole lobbying thing, man, they, it shows you, like, if you don't show up, the guys with money show up. And they're only going to listen to one voice. So even if they're not dirty, even if these politicians aren't slime balls, they're still only hearing one voice. They're only hearing the guys who paid somebody to go out there and talk to them. So, like, how are they going to know the other side of the story? So if these guys, a lot of these guys sitting around on their ass, sitting with their thumb in their ass, now, now they're mad that nothing changed, and the good things they had that did change happened because guys like me started making noise and and filing lawsuits. You know what else is? Luke has been the most um like most loved, admired. I seen him in so long. And that was when he was calling it out, saying after this we're gonna fight our health care and isn't that like? So it's not like um, fans are going to turn on you for speaking out or something. Anything, well, that's you. the thing is we, we learned a long time ago that with uh, when it comes to disagreements between management, right, the, 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 the guys paying the bills and the athletes, the fans always side with the, the promoter. They always side with the team. They always side with those guys. They'll never, ever, ever side with the athlete. They already see the athlete as somebody who is doing something they do for free. So for you to ask for your worth, they get angry at because you should just be happy that you get to do that instead of live my life. But the athletes have to not care because those fans are going to watch anyways. They're going to fight whether or not you make the money you, you just, you, you earned or not. So you can't worry about him. Yep. No, that's what I was saying. Is Luke? It's surprising because he got a lot of support. Like for Connor saying that, saying the things. Yeah, he did. people so are much. waking up now. People are waking up. Like people, and a lot of it is because the numbers are out. Like before the UFC sale, um, before the Fertitas sold, nobody knew the numbers. People didn't understand, you know, how much money they were making. But they they sold initially for four billion. Everybody's like, "What? What just <laughs> happened? You were making how much money that you were able to to sell for that?" And then we we uh, start the lawsuit. And then with the lawsuit, we get discovery. And through discovery, we get to look at their internal documents and their numbers and how much money they're spending on things and how much money they're making. And then a lot of that stuff comes out because of the lawsuit. And people are like, "Holy shit! Like, are you kidding me?" Like people didn't know about the twenty percent thing, and the fact that that percentage has been going down. When the uh, like two thousand five, two thousand six, Fertitas were were paying like twenty six percent, and then they they whittled that down and wrote it in to make sure it never went above twenty. Like it's wild. I mean, they still don't release the pay per view numbers, and like, who knows how many pay per view buys people are getting. Mm-hmm. Like they don't release that either, do yeah, they? Yeah, and, and like oh, the numbers that we have, they're not com- totally complete numbers. They're they're making a lot more than we know about. 
Just right. stop, like, you got any? Uh, you have any last uh, questions here? So I gotta, I gotta get going. Nope, that's it. No, nope. good talk. That's good. Me. All right, thanks a lot for calling in. Appreciate it. Some good got topics. It. I will talk right. soon. Bill. Awesome guys, that was great. We got two callers. Hope you guys learned some. We got really into like the 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 sticky weeds, kind of of the fight game. I love fights. I love the fight game, but I hate how this shit's shit's run. It's terrible. It's just guys who are putting their everything in it to be the best, and you got these nerds. To me, these freaking nerds stealing from them, <laughs> stealing their glory, stealing, calling them a prima donna. Oh, what a prima donna! Because he doesn't want to fight somebody for free because he's not your slave. Because he's like, hey. You want me to fight him? Okay, I'll fight him, but you got to pay me this. You want to watch it? You got to pay me this much money to do it. Okay, you're not going to do it? Like, who are you? I said fight. I said fight. Oh, these, these, Jesus, these terrible, stupid fighters. Such prima donnas. Oh, they won't just fight people that I tell them to? Oh, I did this. <laughs> Go fight. Freaking... Jack-offs, jack-offs. You think that way, you're a jack-off. <laughs> okay? Oh, my God. Yes, yeah, so let's leave off with this. Wellness path for me or Mo? I like wellness path for Mo. Like that. Uh, it says everything else is a psyop. Everything is a psyop. Everything's a psyop. Everything's a psyop. All right. Uh, thanks for thanks for stopping by, guys. Appreciate it. Please like, share. Um, go to jumpfish.net, sign up for the newsletter. Go to my gum road. Go to the things in the description. Click on the things. There's shirt, t-shirts. There's there's courses. There's stuff, guys. There's stuff. I think there's the class action thing on the link tree too. Check the stuff out. Um, the algorithms hate me. They hate me. The promoters hate me. Managers hate me. <laughs> so you got to give me the love. Share, guys. Share with your friends. And uh, I'll check you out later, man. Thanks for stopping in.